Hey there, I'm Everett. I'm Baron. And welcome to Bro, Bro Have, Have You Seen? Seen. Alright bro, welcome. How you doing? Hey bro, what's up? Uh, what's up with you? <laughs> <laughs> Not much, man. Just had a good week. What about you? Ah, uh, yeah. Pretty good. Busy. Um, didn't see as many movies this week as I would have hoped, but it's been a good weekend, and since our last episode, lots of good stuff's been going on. Yeah. Um, a lot of good news in the world of cinema, yes. I'd say. Yes. Yeah. We had the Oscars. We watched that together. It was very good. Mm-hmm. Little mini Oscar party. Not big, but yeah. it was good. Yeah. I didn't really even fill out a full ballot, like you gave me one, but I didn't really even fill it out. Mm -hmm. I did. I probably should have. And I have to say, I did very well in my predictions. <laughs> you did. I missed like I four. I think I got four wrong out of all of them. Mm -hmm. uh, so that was good. Uh, yeah, do you want to talk about that a little bit? Just the Oscars, the winners, maybe some of the nominees or whatever sure. if you want. Yeah, um, overall thoughts, uh, very good Oscar. Um, very good year, and we talked about this in our 2019 yeah. movies list. But I've been catching up on some of the ones since since we made that episode. Uh, I was really excited to see Parasite won Best Picture. I was blown away. After it had already won Best Director for Bong Joon-ho and Best International Film and Best Screenplay, and then to win Best Picture, like every time he went up, he thought it was going to be the last time he was going to talk, and then it just kept going, and he just kept winning. And I was mm. honestly shocked when he won Yeah, it, Best I Picture. Mean, it's weird because... It's like, um, I heard this, someone asked this question recently, like, if something happens that is the opposite of what normally happens in a twist, like, you know how you have, like, typical uh -huh. conventions of a twist, and then, uh, so, like, at that, at a certain point, that structure becomes not surprising anymore, mm -hmm. uh, to where, like, doing what's expected becomes the twist in a weird way. And so, yeah. like, Parasite winning Best Picture, because of all the hype it had all year long, it's like, that's the obvious choice, so it wouldn't be surprising, but the fact that it was the obvious choice, and it won, it made it, like, it more insane. surprising somehow. Oh, yeah. I really liked that it won. That movie is so great, and we'll oh, have to so dig good. into that as we keep going, but... For sure. I I take back what I said about the score. It's... It's an amazing score. I've been it's listening so to it like dude. Yeah, you finally listened to it because I recommended it, and yeah, I'm glad you finally listened Just to it. Just that opening song with the piano. Yeah, it's so good. It's great. There's a lot of like, I mean, it's so metaphorical, you know. <laughs> but uh, there's a lot of cool like thematic things, choices that they made in the music. Mm -hmm. There's a couple tracks that I don't remember hearing in the movie. I'm sure you know what I'm talking I about. I think there were a few that I was like, mm. they're like really weird, like high pitched singing with mm -hmm. this weird like vibrato thing going on it they sounded might have just like, used a, like clips of those and like yeah maybe jump scare like jump situations or something i don't know it sounded like a cartoon like a spring going off like, <laughs> like that's what the lady's voice sounded like in the song that's strange anyway. i'll have to look for that next time <laughs> yeah but um i wanted to talk about best actor okay that was one of the things that um i was interested in the most because this year was so stacked with great actors definitely um and I know, like, everybody um, everybody who was nominated did a great job. I'm not saying that everybody who was nominated didn't deserve to be nominated. However, personally, like, because, you know, my predictions list, I did ones that I thought would win and the ones that I wanted to win personally. Mm -hmm. um, and so, I mean, like, I thought that Bong Joon-ho was the best director of the year, but I love... Little Women, and I love Greta Gerwig, and I thought that movie was well-directed, so I wanted her to win, but I was happy when Bong Joon-ho won. Um, but with Best Actor, so Joaquin Phoenix won, and as other nominees, you had Antonio Banderas, Leonardo DiCaprio, Adam Driver, and Jonathan Price. Um, and as I was thinking about the movies of the year, uh, I was disappointed that Adam Sandler wasn't nominated. Yeah, there was a lot of snubs. Yeah, and also year. Eddie Murphy, I feel like, should have been nominated. So I was thinking about who would who I... Who's Eddie Murphy in this year? He was in Dolomite, is my name. Oh, okay. The Netflix okay. movie. Yeah. So, honestly, I would probably not have nominated Leo for hmm. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and I would have replaced that with Sandler. And then I think... 
Antonio Banderas, I probably would have replaced him with Eddie Murphy. Um, not that either of those gentlemen had bad performances by any means. They were amazing. Uh, like they, they did like very subtle things with their acting that year that I thought were really great. But I think the commitment to the role and um, just the physicality, especially of Eddie Murphy's performance, um, I felt like they really shined over the year. But at the same time, like I really think Joaquin had the best performance. Uh, he did a great job. And know? kind of awarding his career of amazing performances at this point. Yeah, yeah. If I would give him an Oscar, I would have given it <clears throat> for the master or her. Um, right. 2012 and 2013 back to back were like <sighs> probably his best performances of his entire career. But it's good to see him win. Um, he had some weird speech that he gave. It was kind of interesting. Oh, yeah. That was But strange. he's a cool guy. I love Joaquin. He's probably one of my favorite actors uh, working. He might be the best like actor of his generation. So anyway, mm-hmm. really liked that. Um, just some of the nominees. It's hard to pick nominees, too, because oh, they man. limit it to like five. So It's crazy. Yeah, the Academy Awards are one factor of mm-hmm. you know i mean they're pretty much the end all be all sometimes it's kind of like whatever wins these awards is forever cemented in history of cinema yeah. but mm-hmm. there's no way of refining down every movie of the year yeah i know especially when we talk about international films and mm-hmm. man how many how many amazing ones got snubbed that yeah. didn't even make it all the way to the oscars so yeah, and a lot of a lot of um, Academy voters like didn't even see all of the nominees. Yeah, let alone all the other movies that maybe should have been <laughs> maybe should have been better. Or, yeah, like it's hard to expect these people to watch everything that comes out and then decide what's the best because art is subjective. You know, it's mm-hmm. obviously there are certain conventions and principles that should be followed in order to make it better or worse by a traditional standpoint. But at the end of the day, if you like a movie, if you dislike a movie, if you don't care either way, like that's your opinion and you have the right to that. So it's entirely subjective. Um, right. Yeah. Did you have anything particular you wanted to mention? Anything cool? Um, not really. Uh, just like I said, overall, I think it was a really good Oscars. And yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Do you have any last words on the Oscars as we wrap up? You know, as I'm looking at the list, I remembered that Hair Love won the best animated short film. Huh. Uh, I never really watched the animated short I films. I didn't even hear of that one until uh, the Oscars. Yeah. I mean... Because I heard about Claws, Claws and Missing Link because it won the Globe. And then the what was the body one? I always forget that I one. I Lost My Body. I Lost My Body. Yeah, so those were the feature films that oh, were animated. Oh, this was the animated short? The short film, yeah. Okay. Hair Love. It's like okay. six minutes. Um, I watched it. It's probably on YouTube. Um, I'll have to check that out. And I was a little bit like cynical about it at first. Like, um, I didn't really know what it was about or anything. And I was watching it. I was like, okay, this is interesting. It's well animated. And, uh, like the ending, it just blew me away. Like it was probably about the four minute mark. Huh? I was like, okay. Weeping. I'll have to <laughs> check that out. I wasn't fully weeping, but it was like very, very emotional. Just punch. And it didn't about face that I was not expecting. So Loved that film, and I think it deserves it. I don't even know what the other nominees were. I haven't Very seen cool. them, but I loved that one. So just yeah, I have to, to point check that, that out because I, I, you know, I like short films more than you for sure. Like I <laughs> yeah. end up watching more for some reason. Yeah, they just fly under my radar and most people's radar. So I thought I would. They shout can that be one really out. good though. They can be really good. Yeah, so it's I thought a, I, it's a good medium. I thought I'd shout that out um, and let people know that they should go see Hair Love because it's great. Cool. Yeah, so that was the Oscars this year. Um, yeah, just, just a brief overview. Pretty well, quick. Some quick thoughts. Pretty quick thoughts, but yeah, cool. We can get back into awesome. um, some other interesting things that happened this week. There were some new trailers. Yes, there's always new trailers dropping. Mm-hmm. So uh, it was the Super Bowl, that Fast 9 trailer dropped, and Ooh, yeah. we've talked about that. I think every episode <laughs> so far I've mentioned Fast and Furious in some I think so. in some way. I, I, I guarantee that at this point. <laughs> So I'm big on that. I watched all of them in like two days over the summer, mm-hmm. and I'm so stoked for this trailer. It gave me chills. I'm so excited. Yeah, I'm still watching the movies. I just finished Furious 7 yeah. a couple days ago. Uh, that'll come Sick. up later, I guess, in my entertaining me this week thing. But uh, yeah, I mean, the Fast 9 trailer, 
with each movie, they just get more over the top. It looks insane. They went from jumping the shark to jumping cars out of planes to <laughs> literally slingshotting cars yeah. with a rope. It's so crazy, but it's awesome. So excited. And it's all about family. Yeah. I love Dom, his one-liners. Dom and the gang. Just wanted to say, in Furious 7, he <laughs> says this line that made me laugh so hard. He's like, the thing about street fighting is, the street always wins. <laughs> It's so good. Oh, man. Anyway. I hope that Corona gets a little bit more screen time in this new movie, though. Yeah. They great. have been needing that. Great performance by Corona overall in the <laughs> yep, series. Always. Oh. Always gives a stellar. I hope it wins the Oscar. <laughs> yeah. It's the best screen beer out there, for sure. Probably. It gives the best beer performance. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, my trailer was Spiral Ooh. from the Book of Saw. So it's kind oh, of a, this is a saw, saw movie. Okay. It's a Saw reboot, sort of sequel-ish. The Saw franchise is a little bit haphazard, but <laughs> it's something that I love dearly. <laughs> These <laughs> movies are so awesome, and uh, I know like it, they're very gory and just insane hyper violence, like torture porn kind of stuff. But to me, that's like just a very surface level assessment of what these movies really are. Mm. Especially the first three or four of them. That, like the narratives are so well interwoven together huh. that like they're so interesting to watch because with each movie you get flashbacks that reveal more about the previous movies that's so, something I never knew so they're awesome learn something new every day it just keeps building <laughs> anyway yeah so your franchise is Fast and Furious but mine is Saw yeah dude they're <laughs> pretty kidding. much the same just kidding but I really like this trailer looks cool Chris Rock is producing it seems like it's kind of a passion project of some kind for him who was the lead actor has that been do we know that yet I thought I heard about who the lead actor was but for this movie yeah uh, Chris Rock oh Chris Rock okay yeah he's in it I thought it was someone else Um, Samuel L. Jackson is in it and in the trailer he says you wanna play games mother effer (laughs) like just his, his typical Sam Jackson classic yeah, but um, it looks cool. I mean, I'm interested. Um, Sweet. If it's a fresh take on the franchise, if they can rejuvenate it somehow, I'm all in. That'd be cool. Yeah, um, cool. One other trailer this week that dropped Famous. was French Dispatch, which I am not going to watch. <laughs> <laughs> we talked about this today. You're thinking about watching it? I'm thinking about watching it, yeah. Um, for those who may not know, French Dispatch oh, is Wes Anderson's upcoming film. I think it's dropping later this year. It's July 24th. July. If I have that exact. (laughs) That's coming up quick. So So I'm really stoked. It seems like right in the wheelhouse of Grand Budapest Hotel, which is one of my my favorite Wes movies. So I'm hyped. I think I will watch the trailer, but maybe nothing more after that. Just the first little trailer. Yeah, I'm just thinking about going in completely cold because it's always the best. It's so nice, especially with something that I'm looking forward to. Yeah. It's going to be my first new Wes Anderson. Well, I Love Dogs. I saw that in theater, I guess, after its limited release. Mm -hmm. But this will be my my first one that has been new that I can go see, like, premiere night. So I'm kind of excited just to go in cold, probably. So, (laughs) yeah. That was just a little extra. So, yeah. um, We're going to move on to our next segment and talking about our movie of the week um be sure to leave us a review five stars on itunes um it goes a long way to help grow the show we're still new so we're looking for any listeners we can get and uh if you like us recommend us to your friends family uh pets anyone yep (laughs) so and leave a leave a five-star review tell us what you think um yeah any feedback is is good positive negative things we can do to improve yeah, seriously. So, yeah, uh, we're at Bro Have You Seen podcast. Of course, if you're listening to this, you probably know where to On find us. iTunes and Spotify. Yes. <laughs> um, cool. Sweet. Bro Have You Seen... Scott Pilgrim versus the World. So, what did you think about this movie overall? What are some reasons that you liked it or that other people might like it? Or maybe why they wouldn't like it? Yeah, uh, good questions. I think it's... Very good if you're into the video game culture, nerd culture as a whole. It's very comic booky. Uh, it's adapted from the Brian Lee O'Malley graphic novel series by the same name. And it bears a lot of resemblance to 
those graphic novels as well as just drawing elements from comics and, and video games. There's a lot of cool graphics on screen, animations, uh, just little cool, um, like I said, visuals. For example, they'll be playing rock guitar or something and there'll be the sound effects coming out of the amplifier, like, like you would expect uh, if you were to visualize sound waves, I guess. Uh, and so there's a lot of things like that happening in the movie. Um, another thing that you would really like this movie if you are from Canada, especially Toronto. I have a friend who's from Toronto and she said that the movie's actually funnier if you're from that area and you know some of the inside jokes or they go to a place called Pizza Pizza for a slice and that's a big thing up there. So um, mm -hmm. yeah, if you're from Canada, you might get a lot of these little... Uh, side comments and little references because the movie is set in Canada in Toronto so yeah uh, what do you think what are some other things that people might like about this movie um, yeah sweet I actually have read a few of the books and Edgar Wright also talks about how uh, he made every shot a little bit different similar to books uh, graphic novels the animation you wouldn't animate them the same way every time so it's a little side fact um, nice. Yeah, um, if you like oddball comedies, if you've seen any other movies by Edgar Wright, he's done a couple other ones that are pretty popular. Maybe you've seen Baby Driver. Uh, if you've seen some other Michael Cera movies, some more off-ball comedies, I like Juno. That's another one of my favorite Michael Cera movies. He's been in Arrested Development, which you've seen. Yeah, I love and, it. And yeah, there's lots of other music, grungy, early 2000s-esque movies. Juno is definitely one of those. Yeah. Um, what are some reasons why someone maybe wouldn't enjoy this as much? Some turnoffs for this. Yeah. Um, if you aren't into the stuff that we mentioned, comic books, video <laughs> games, uh, anything like that, nerd culture kind of stuff, uh, this might not be your cup of tea. Um, it reminds me actually a lot of Sin City, which came out, I okay. think, in about 04. The first Sin City movie, it's adapted from a Frank Miller graphic novel um, and very similar, um, what's the word, format, I suppose? Very similarly in that it's, that it's adapted from a graphic novel, that they shot it to look like a graphic novel, um, except Sin City is much more adult version of that, um, of this movie, I suppose, I should say. And... Um, yeah, it's dark, it's gritty, it's violent, um, probably some language, probably some, maybe some nudity, I don't even know. It's been a while since I've seen it. But anyway, Scott Pilgrim is kind of the more family-friendly version of that For aesthetic, sure. I guess. And so if you liked that, or if you didn't like that, then at least you kind of have something else to base it off. But um, uh, yeah, I would say... It's 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 family friendly. It's PG thirteen, so um, it's good for the whole family. I think everybody can find something that they enjoy in it. I think everyone can laugh at a joke or two, uh, or more. Um, and yeah, I I really liked it. I think there's not much to dislike about it. But again, if the video game stuff isn't your thing, you might not catch a lot of the references and a lot of the jokes. So for sure. And it definitely lends itself well to rewatches. Um, that's something that I've found as I've watched multiple times. Mm -hmm. And it's really good. So if you've maybe you've seen it before already and you're interested in diving a little bit deeper. So now we're going to get into our discussion, our full discussion. So uh, stop right here. Go watch the movie if you haven't seen it. Come back and enjoy this conversation. Oh, yeah. And away we go. So starting off... The beginning of the movie, we're introduced to Scott Pilgrim. He's dating a high school girl. <laughs> He's in his twenties, nerdy guy. He's got this band that's not very good. <laughs> um, the Sex Bobombs, mm. and he's just kind of he's dating this teenager, and she's super into their band, and she mm -hmm. thinks they're so cool. And she comes over, and the first kind of intro before we get the title of the movie and the mm -hmm. actors and stuff. Got this sweet, long zoom shot that has this huge room. Yeah. And they're sitting on the couch in front of, and then Scott Pilgrim comes up, the title, and then all the all the actors' names. 
Yeah. So that was actually, they actually built that set for the shot. It was one of the first things they did. They tried to film all the stuff in the apartments in order because it was easier for the actors. And they built a set for that specific shot. And it worked really, really well. Nice. Yeah, this movie, um, it, what caught my attention at the beginning um, were all the actors. And as you progress through the movie, you'll like, see faces that are familiar Mm -hmm. this was back in 2010 i believe yeah 2010 and um so this was before a lot of the marvel stuff kicked off so you got chris Mm -hmm. evans in a small role who went on to play captain america um jason schwartzman who's like from rushmore and a lot of the wes Wes anderson Anderson. stuff anna kendrick plays michael sarah's (laughs) scott pilgrim's (laughs) sister stacy Yes, and um, yeah, just a bunch of, you got Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Um, Brie Larson, I actually didn't know yep. she was in this. Uh-huh. And she's now right. Captain Marvel. Yeah. Captain Marvel? Captain Marvel. Yeah. We got two Marvel heroes in this. Wow. Both this is named basically Captain. a Marvel movie. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's the prequel. Yep. But um, yeah, a lot of the, a lot of familiar faces, and they're all doing kind of strange things for what these actors typically do in their roles, but it's very good. So yeah, Scott's high school girlfriend is Chinese. Her name is Knives Chow, mm-hmm. and she has the capacity to geek. <laughs> so, yeah, she's funny. She she's, can geek. She's very, very into Scott and his band, like you said. Um, and Scott is pretty awkward, dude. Like, he's just a skinny kid. Uh, if you've seen him on like Arrested Development or whatever, um, he's just he's pretty awkward and just like has a strange face to him i guess mm-hmm. just an interesting unique hair yeah um yeah their their relationship consists of riding the bus talking and almost holding hands yes <laughs> yeah they almost did but then she got nervous or something yep. but yeah um i felt like everybody in the movie speaking of like the actors and everybody i felt like they did really good performances um mm-hmm. a lot of people went really deep into their characters like I mean, this movie, like we said, is very goofy, strange, silly at times, and um, it seems like everybody in the movie uh, really leaned into that. Um, nobody was taking themselves too seriously, which I really like, um, is that they were they were willing to um, put themselves out there for these crazy, wacky roles. It seems like they had a really fun time, for mm-hmm. sure. Um, let's just talk about the actors a little bit more. So we had Michael Sarah. <laughs> as Scott Pilgrim. We had Mary Elizabeth Winstead as Ramona Flowers, and she was just in Birds of Prey. Yeah. So it's good. I haven't seen her. She's not in a lot of things. Yeah, she's she, smaller. She's definitely not like a big star. I hope she, she gets some more roles. She hasn't really starred in much. Um, she's not the most charismatic actress ever, which works That's for true. this role. That's true. But, yeah, I mean, she's good in this. I like her in this. And then Kieran Culkin as Wallace Wells. Scott's right. roommate. Fuller. From yes. Home Alone. Home Alone fame. Pepsi boy. <laughs> <laughs> He's <Yeah>. the bedwetter. <laughs> Aubrey Plaza. Aubrey Plaza. She went on to be a big star in Parks and Recreation. She's been in a few movies yeah. since then. Yeah, she plays Julia Powers. <laughs> and then Jason Schwartzman as Gideon. Chris Evans as Lucas Lee. And he's one of the ex-boyfriends. Same with Jason Schwartzman and Brie Larson. and Exes. X's. <laughs> True. So I, I, did, I didn't notice that the first few times I watched it, and then this time I was like, man, they, they did it a couple times. It was so funny. Yeah, it's pretty clever. Um, so, yeah, it's... Um, the humor in this is really good. It's it's funny. It's clever. There's a lot of wordplay. Mm-hmm. Um, some good, clever one-liners. It's kind of cheesy, but again, like, they play into that cheesiness. Uh, it's pretty self-aware on that front, so... Yeah, it's a lot of physical comedy, a lot of visual comedy. Uh, we'll talk about that with the visual effects. There's a lot of stuff that comes from that, which really adds a lot to the comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, what were some like in- interesting bits to you that you thought were the best? Before? I like the P bar when he's going into the ba- when he's going to the bathroom. It's like P bar, and it's like Doo-doo-doo. and then when he's like, oh, yeah. I I need to go so that I can, and then it shows like in his brain he's got like, this wheel that like picks yeah. what his excuse is, and he's always saying like I have to pee because of boredom, and then this time <laughs> he's like I have to pee, and then it landed in between because of boarding boredom and her or something. It's like no, I have to pee. On he her. was thinking of what to say next, and it was yeah. between. Who, her, 
like yeah. as acting like he didn't know her and I have to go yeah, pee. Yeah, that's what it was. And he said, I have to go pee on her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so just some funny, like those type of things. Yeah. And then the title cards when we are in Scott's apartment and it shows like post lame poster, Scott's mm-hmm. bed, Wallace. And it has like all the items in the room and like, who's <laughs> they are and has little like funny taglines under them. Yeah, like the jackets. There was Scott's jacket and then Wallace's jacket, parentheses, nicer than Scott's. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there's funny things like that, and when we go to new locations, we get, like, the rocket, this place is a dump, and it has, like, these little title cards at the bottom with funny tags on them. Yeah. Maybe something you could have missed on, like, a first viewing, and probably I picked it up because this is, like, my third and fourth time watching it, so yeah, at, it's kind of those subtle things you can pick it's, up. It's hard to, uh, it's hard to separate the, the jokes from, like, the visual stuff that's happening, because a lot of the jokes are, exactly. like, text on the screen or little, like... Animations. Yeah. Um, but a couple funny lines that I really liked. Uh, it's near the beginning. Knives, that's young Neil. Hi. Hi. What do you play? Wow. Um, Zelda. Tetris. That's kind of a big question. Um, and then near the end, I think it's, so the guy, he plays Robbie on New Girl. If anyone's seen that, if you know that show, um, he's kind of a main character, pretty funny in that show, but he, he's always saying like dumb stuff. Like, um, you should see them live after listening to a band live (laughs) (laughs) or like, uh, just, I don't know, just like dumb, like things like that, just acting all cool, but. He doesn't. He's the one who knows everyone. And so he first introduces Scott to Ramona. Okay, at the party. Who becomes Scott's, like, obsession. He says he's going to leave her alone, but then he stalked her forever until she went home or something. Yeah, that was (laughs) a funny montage. But, yeah, those are a couple, like, funny lines. Um, And, yeah, like you mentioned, the the visuals. Um, Trying to think of, like, some good visuals. They're all funny. They're all good. Um, On the note of, like lines and with visuals as well this movie is kind of hard to describe without seeing it because a lot of the stuff is comedy that happens in the ecosystem of the movie yeah so it's kind of hard to it's hard to remember all of them because it's like Mm -hmm. one after the next just rapid fire the whole movie is just and it's like like i said a lot of it's not a lot of it but some of it's subtle and so and we've both seen it a few times now so Mm mm-hmm it's like so funny. Yeah. There's things to pick up each time you watch it. And the yeah. comedy is, it uh, lends well to rewatches for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was just going to say that like it, it rewards um, repeat viewings. And um, I really liked like most of it is very like video game references. Um, even the intro, the universal Oh, yeah, it was like an 8-bit or 16-bit song instead of the Yeah, uh-huh. it looks like a video game. Uh, all the characters um, are kind of like very video gamey, like little gags and visual things like mm-hmm. you said. Um, even when he's following Ramona in the dream world, there's like the Zelda, some of the Zelda music. They actually got the rights to the Zelda song yeah, to use. Playing in the background is pretty funny. Uh, it's one of those things you wouldn't really pick up. I mean, I kind of grew up playing some of the Zelda games mm-hmm. with my brothers and like you and <laughs> cousins and what? things. But, <laughs> but yeah, um, I really liked that. Like you said, that long room shot, that title card pops it's up. So sick. Of the world. And I guess like before we go too much into the details, the main conceit of this movie is that Scott Pilgrim starts dating this girl, Ramona Flowers. He's cheating has... on knives, technically. Yes. Mm-hmm. And he starts dating her, and he has to defeat her seven evil exes. Um, She dated seven other people in the past, and they formed this league. Um, The League of Evil Exes. Yes. The guild, whatever. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But they have to... He has to defeat them, um, usually in a Mortal Kombat-style fistfight. And when he defeats them, they burst into a pile of coins, and he gets points... It's very similar to video games. Like, if you've ever played literally any game, then you'll probably (laughs) pick up on a lot of these things. Um, Even with the the vegan guy, he he pretty much goes, like, Super Saiyan, like in Dragon Ball Z. Uh, Uh, So it has a lot of ties to anime and comic books and things like that, like we said. Um, 
but yeah, it's it's really good still. I think even if even if it's very nerdy, it's it's kind of accessible. I wouldn't consider myself like a massive nerd. I'm definitely not into like comic books and like video games. Me neither, really. <laughs> I mean, okay, <laughs> don't roast me, bro. <laughs> but like. <laughs> So, but I still enjoy the movie. So I, I thought that was really good. I appreciate you for recommending me that on that that front. So yeah. Um. So let's dive into some more of the technical aspects. We've talked about the comedy a lot, and that's gonna tie through all of these aspects. So on the visual front, we mentioned the long room shot. There's lots of other things they do with the set. That's done practically mm-hmm. well when he goes to the bathroom he comes out and it's the school hallways and then he like turns the corner and it's like his front door that was all done using movable sets so he goes into the bathroom closes the door and then they move the set and then he opens the door and walks out and they made sure that he walked out onto the set so that you knew that it wasn't just a cg room behind but that he they actually it was a physical set wow so they did a lot of really cool and like Throughout the whole movie, they tried to do, which is insane, they tried to do a lot of in-camera stuff as much as they could, like dimming lights, and and they would add flares of after things they did afterwards. But um, it's kind of a contrast to all the crazy fight scenes, all the crazy visual, because it's pretty insane. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. I think Edgar Wright is a very visual filmmaker and a very practical sort of filmmaker. Um, I have seen Baby Driver and Shaun of the Dead, which are both, like, there's very little, like, special effects. Most of what happens is, like, I mean, he's very good with editing, and that's something that really stood out to me on this, along with, like, all the Editing is so good. Yeah, it's, there's a lot of, like, Godard-esque jump shot, jump cuts. Um, Like you said, Scott's walking around, and then he'll just appear in school, or he'll appear in the middle of practice for the band and just like, um, it kind of gives you the feeling that Scott is just drifting kind of through life and he exactly. doesn't really know what's happening or where he's going. There's an excellent scene where they do this and it's the montage of him and Knives. They go to like Goodwill and they go to the record store and they mm-hmm. go different places and then they do that same montage after he's disinterested in Knives and he's more interested in, and he's thinking about Ramona the whole time. It shows the same sequence again, but he's in the background being uninterested. And it's like such a great, that's such a great contrast between those two scenes. Yeah. And like you mentioned that scene with knives, um, they're in the goodwill and they're looking at the clothes and she's talking and then it cuts to them out on the street and she's still saying the the, same sentence. yeah, Yeah. It's like she never stopped. It's so weird how that. And they use multiple locations, but they transition with the same composition on the shot reverse shot. So Mm. when they're talking, she'll say something and then he'll say something. And then when it cuts back to her, it's a different location, but the same framing as if we were in the other location. It's kind of hard to explain if I could show you like the scene next to each other. A little bit. (laughs) Um, But yeah, it's good. The editing is super good. Um, And... That's definitely one of Edgar Wright's strengths, um, even when this movie is filled with a lot of those little animation gimmicks on the um, that are done in post effect, you know, like special effects afterwards. I really liked some of the um, plotting aspects of it. I mean, obviously, it's a good story device to have him face these seven evil exes. Um, basically, each scene is him like running into the next one Mm -hmm. pretty much uh but in between all these fights that he has it doesn't it doesn't slow down to progress the story but you get enough exposition in just the interactions between all the characters and a lot of jokes as well Mm -hmm. that it just it keeps on moving it's got a very good energy throughout the whole movie even though it's honestly kind of long it gets over two hours it's an hour 50 I found out is it I always thought it was like two and a half 250 something like that but when I was going to rewatch it for this I was like an hour 50 there's no way it feels long but it feels short it's kind of strange yeah that's crazy I I mean I thought on my player it looked like it was over two like maybe 210 but it's right uh, around there it's yeah it's it's still kind of long for a comedy like usually they're around an hour and a half hour 45 Mm -hmm. so anyway 
it's it moves at a very good pace and again ties in a lot to the editing and all that um one thing that i picked up on this time that i really liked um is that you get all these special effects and animations and things that are going on on top of the screen that like obviously you're you're watching a movie but at the same time uh, i noticed that a lot of the characters are interacting with this stuff like they know it's there they know these weird things are happening mm. it's almost in like this separate universe from ours um like how ramona she takes that highway through like the yeah, space or whatever like i feel like all that's real in the universe like she actually can rollerblade between dimensions basically and he like grabs a one up and he's like i'm gonna get a life <laughs> and he gra- he literally grabs a one up like they do yeah. things and they have like their battle of the bands fights where they have like these huge generated monsters that battle each other mm-hmm. like king kong godzilla style yeah they affect the physical world yeah it's actually uh-huh. real and like you were saying it feels like this could happen in this universe it's totally normal yeah and that's that was something that kind of took me off guard because obviously the first time you watch it you notice that all those things are happening but i didn't notice that the characters perceived it the way we do kind mm. of thing. so it's right it's a little bit meta in that way um i really liked the touch of ramona's hair we can get yeah. into that a little bit because um she says she changes her hair like every week and a half get over it dude mm-hmm. and uh the i think it was the second time i watched it was that i noticed um Basically, every time she gets a new boyfriend, she'll change her hair. Um, and so she's constantly changing it every week and a half because she's fickle and impulsive and all these things that Scott's freaking out about. There's a lot of things about hair in this movie. It's kind of a big player. That's true. Because Scott, he has traumatic experience with his hair mm-hmm. because his evil ex, who went on to be a successful rock star, she told him that his hair was long. He got it cut. It was a bad haircut, and the next day she dumped him. Yeah. And he thought that it was because of the hair. Yeah, he almost just, like, took the pain of the breakup and, like, placed it on the reason of the haircut. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so when Ramona talks about his shaggy hair, he gets very paranoid. Yeah, he's like, puts on a hat. Let's go outside. He's like, are you going outside on a walk just so you can put a hat on? He's like, no, no. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. No. It's, uh, It's clever, a lot of the things. I really enjoyed it. Um... Let's get into, like, the fight scenes, because that's a big part of the movie. Okay. First, he fights Matthew Patel. Yeah, the pirate with, yeah. the, with the gothic chicks. What's the... What yeah, they're, like, say? demon hipster chicks Demon or hipster something. chicks, yeah. <laughs> He's got his backup dancers. It's insane. It's pretty weird. He's a very flamboyant dude. Uh, yeah. He wears, like, heavy eyeliner and mm-hmm. stuff. And uh, this was where we first, like, kind of get introduced to the evil exes. Uh, they're playing at the Battle of the Bands, and um, Matthew Patel shows up. He actually sent an email earlier explaining... That's one of the best bits in the movie. ...that Scott has to fight these evil exes, but Scott just skimmed over it, said, this is boring, and deleted it. <laughs> yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah, he fights He fights um, Matthew Patel. We get That's where we get like some more info, like you said, where we get introduced to these exes. And Ramona has, like, the flashback. And actually, I think those are... It shows animations from the actual comics, the books, over. When she's explaining, like, yeah, we were in seventh grade, and he was the bad boy, and we were going to, like, rule the world together. And I'm pretty sure all those, like, little scenes were from the book. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was pretty interesting. And then, like you are saying with the pacing, it doesn't... um, We have all these fights, and in between we still have good stuff going on. But then as the movie keeps going, it doesn't have to show us the whole fight, and it doesn't do it in the same way every time. So mm-hmm. it's not super procedural. It's yeah. not like, okay, you have to fight one, and then you have to fight number two, and then you have to fight number three. They're all different and unique, and they yeah. have like different ways that they die, and they have different comedic elements and visuals that they use. Yeah. So that was the first one, and that was just your straight up, like it was very out of Mortal Kombat, Street Fighter. like. But it's also kind of normal. Fight. Like, It's also kind of... It's the most normal one out of all of them because yeah. so far in the movie, there hasn't really been anything crazy. And this is kind of the first, like, it's kind of a shock at first. Like, they can, like, fly around and Scott Pilgrim can, like, do crazy flips and stuff and mm-hmm. punch him and fly through the air and, like, beat this guy. It's kind of insane. Yeah. Yeah, but it is, like, it's it's a pretty basic fist fight. It's one-on-one mm-hmm. kind of deal. Um, 
and it, it introduces you to a lot of things. And then we get the next where he, he meets Chris Evans, uh, who plays this former skateboarder turned so actor who's just super full of himself, super cocky. Um. The seven evil exes coming to kill you, controlling the future of Ramona's love life? No. Oh, well, hey, listen, man, don't worry about it. Really? Yeah, let's go get a beer. Let's go. Boom! You are a pretty good actor. I'm going for the Oscar this year. But are you a pretty good skater? I'm more than pretty good, I say. I have my own skate company. Can you do a thingy on that rail? It's called a grind, bro. So can you do a grindy thingy now? Serious. There are like 200 steps, and the rails are garbage. Well, hey, if it's too hardcore. You really think you can goad me into doing a trick like that? There are girls watching. Somebody get me my board. Hi. Big fan. Why wouldn't you be? But he's an actor. Scott shows up on set finds out that Ramona dated this guy too. So now he's got to fight him. But the gimmick is here. He's got a bunch of stunt doubles that mm -hmm. look like him. Uh, he's like, he's like, sometimes I'll let him do the wide shot so I can get blazed in my Winnie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ooh. Uh, but Scott basically is getting beat up by all these stunt doubles, but he takes them all down off camera. That was good. That's a good... I yeah, like it's clever. It shows Scott's power and uh, fighting skill. Which is crazy, because you really don't expect this guy to be much of a fighter. <laughs> yeah, he's very slim and pretty geeky. Very nerdy. Yeah. <laughs> I love how it, it goes, and then it shows the speed, and it's, like, just increasing, and then it yeah. keeps... It, it cuts between, like, the intense skateboarding, and then, like, Scott just, like, standing there. Like, <laughs> wow. And then it cuts back to the skateboarding, and then it cuts back to Scott... Wow. <laughs> yeah. So funny. He's getting a little worried, but Lucas is going way too fast. And he... I think he ends up going f like 400 miles per hour or something. <laughs> I, I thought I wrote it down. It was hilarious. Yeah. But he literally explodes. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like SpongeBob where like yeah. characters will just explode <laughs> in a mushroom cloud. Yeah. Oh. But, uh, so Scott defeated that evil ex through more of his wit than his actual Fist. Yeah, he just knew that he was so cocky and full of himself that if he could ch have him challenge his own ego, then he would do it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yep. And uh, Scott then meets another ex in the... He's, like, walking home all sad from whatever was happening, but he doesn't really realize it was an evil ex yet because it's the girl one. Mm -hmm. um, that's why Ramona keeps correcting him. He keeps saying, you're evil ex-boyfriends, evil ex-boyfriends, and she's like, exes. Yeah. Uh, because she dated a girl one time. She was bi-curious. Yep. But the girl was bi-furious in the fight. And uh, Ramona comes out and ends up helping Scott fight her because she's not going to hit a girl. <laughs> and that was pretty funny. Yeah, it was clever. It mixes it up. It's clever because basically Ramona's standing behind Scott, grabbing his arms and like hitting yeah. her with his hands. But that fight gets insane. Like, Ramona pulls, like, a huge hammer out of her little purse, and, like, it just gets insane. This yeah. is probably where the fights start getting a lot more crazy. Yeah. Um, she's got that long, like, chain sword thing yeah. that she whips around everywhere. That was crazy. That was definitely CGI, but... So, I don't know when he fights her. I guess it is I guess it is the next... The next ex. She's the third one. Mm -hmm. Um... No, I think... No, number three is the vegan yeah, guy. Yeah, I was going to say... Okay, so we had them mixed up. Okay, number three is the vegan guy, and uh, he's dating Scott's ex-girlfriend, the rock star chick who dumped Scott back in the day. Yep. That was pretty funny. The, um, he does classic maneuvers on him to... Because <laughs> he's vegan, and so he tricks him into drinking something that is not vegan. And then yeah. the vegan police show up and they bust him. They take away his vegan powers. Mm -hmm. And that's pretty much how Scott defeats him. Yeah, his hair deflates and everything. Yeah. He loses all his power. Yeah. Uh, so it, that funny. was pretty funny because he's like, don't I get three strikes? And they're like, on this date, you ate gelato. And he's like, 
gelato is not vegan. Gelato's not vegan. And he's like, it's got milk and eggs. And then <laughs> he's like, on this day, you had chicken parmesan. He's like, chicken's not vegan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like he totally knew. But. Oh, man. Anyway. Um, yeah. So Scott cleverly defeats him, making him drink a glass of coffee with half and half, I think. Yeah. Actual real animal cream in it. You once were a vegan, but now you will be gone. Vegan. And then, then we fight number four, which is the girl. And then we fight five and six, which are the two twins mm-hmm. that they fight. He kind of fights them in a rock. It's like a battle of the bands and fighting the exes at the same time. Yeah. Which is, like I said, it kind of speeds things up because we don't need to see another whole fight. Yeah. And it's great. Cause, it's good. Because Gideon is there. Yeah. Which, this is where they reveal that... Her ex, the seventh evil ex, is actually G-Man, who is the sponsor. He's going to sign whatever band wins the Battle of the Bands to his label, give him a record deal. Yep. And so that's what Scott's band is going after this whole movie. Kind of a a B-plot, so to speak. Yeah, and when they find out that that's Gideon and that's an evil ex, Scott's kind of like, oh man. And he's kind of done with the band at that point. He just kind of... He's at a low place in this at this point. Yeah, because that's when Ramona leaves him for Gideon. Yeah. Um, she can't help herself around him. Mm, interesting foreshadowing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the the final fight between Scott and Gideon is pretty epic. Yeah, and fights, plural. Fights, it's yeah, <laughs> yeah. He gets the, what's the first sword he gets? The power of self-respect. The power of love. The power of love. Was that yeah. the second one? Yeah. No, that, no, was, that was the, the first, first one. one. Okay. Uh-huh. He like literally pulls the sword out of his chest. It's like the power of love. And it t- gives him like in the bottom left corner another visual. like shows him like uh, strength plus five, something plus three. And it's yeah, like, he upped little... his stats yeah. for sure. Another video game thing. And the power of love thing, like it ties back to some earlier jokes that were had where um, Wallace is telling Scott, you got to use the L word. And he's like, lesbian? Yeah. He's like, no, the other L word. Lesbians? Lesbians? (laughs) Um, And so when when Ramona's about to leave with Gideon, he says, I lesbians you. (laughs) And uh, he didn't realize that he didn't say love, which maybe would have gotten her to stay. True. Yep. But But later he figures it out. (laughs) Yes. He has to fight Gideon. He fights Gideon. He defeats Gideon. Well, the second time... Wait. He defeats Gideon okay, the yeah. first time, okay. but Ramona and Knives both find out that Scott cheated on both of them at the same time. Yep. They're pretty upset with and him. They're pretty mad, and they gang up on him and kill him. But he had grabbed the one up from earlier. Yes. So he comes back, and he <laughs> learns from his mistake, and he gains the power of self-respect. Yeah. And then he just tells people how it is. He walks straight down in... Well, he, he's on his way in, and there's, like, the guards at the door. He's like, your hair looks stupid. They, like, blow up into coins. And then he comes down, and he tells all of his band members, like, I wronged you, and, like, I'm sorry. He's like, you guys are better without me. And he, like, he's just, just telling every, everybody how yeah. things are. He fixed everything. He apologized to all the people he wronged. Because the whole movie, he's like, it's not a big deal. Oh, everything's fine. He's pretty immature. and Yeah, he didn't know how to confront people and tell the truth and be mm-hmm. honest and, and have integrity. And so he finally earned all that, and he realized who it was he was fighting for. It wasn't Ramona, but it was himself. He needed to stand up for himself. He needed to be a man and uh, grow up. Yeah, so he uses the power of self-respect to defeat Gideon again, and then he he wins back Ramona and Knives at the same time, but then he almost doesn't leave with Ramona. It's like, dude, you've been fighting for her the whole time, pretty much. Yeah. You've been fighting for yourself, but... Yeah, he's about to uh, leave... But then he has to face himself. Oh, yeah. It's like a ghost demon version of himself. It's like all gray with red eyes. Yeah. Um, And they don't show that either, which was really funny. It took me by surprise. Because he's been fighting this whole movie. And then it just cuts to him walking out with the ghost. Like, hey, man, catch you later. He's like, oh, yeah, I really like that meal. We should get (laughs) get together next week. And they're like, oh, yeah, see ya. Okay, bye. Yeah, so (laughs) he, he made friends with himself. And uh, we can get into some of that stuff a little bit later when we go into the themes of the movie. But uh, Ramona says, I'm going to leave. Knives says, no, Scott, like, she's who you've been fighting for this whole time. Go after her. Yeah, and she said, I'm way too better for you anyways. I'm way, <laughs> way too good for you anyways. <laughs> so he goes after Ramona and happily ever after. Yeah, dude. The end. Such a good movie. <laughs> it's great. It doesn't end there. Just yeah. Kidding. It does. 
And after that long and convoluted plot summary, um, I will say that having you recommended me this movie, I really liked it. Um, I will say I enjoyed glad. watching this. I know I have seen it before, but it was you originally who showed it to me, um, and I'm glad that I've seen it. So yeah, when I finally when I got around to seeing this for the first time, I was pretty much instantly hooked, and this was my third time, fourth time watching it. So I'm glad that we got to watch it again. Yeah, and I got to dive a little bit deeper into some of the different aspects. Yeah, so we went kind of went over the plot. Now, what is this movie really saying? What's kind of like, what what is maybe some of the subtext? I know it's a comedy movie. A lot of it's pretty superficial, uh, which is not a problem. But I do think this movie has something special that most comedies tend to lack. And I think that's like a true meaning. Like it's it's kind of telling something else. We kind of talked about it a little bit with the the ending because it kind of ties everything together. Hmm. But he, the whole time was just learning to respect himself and not worry as much base base himself off of other people but kind of find himself through his journey of defeating these exes and winning over Ramona mm-hmm. and yeah just self-respect yeah not to get like too uh nerdy or pretentious about stuff but i think that like the whole evil exes thing is like a big metaphor for how like I mean, everybody has their baggage when they enter a relationship Mm -hmm. or, you know, they carry around with them in their lives. And Ramona definitely has had her fair share of um, emotional baggage and these evil exes, so to speak, that Scott, I think it represents his insecurity um, that he has to compete with all of these guys uh, for Ramona's attention and love and respect. Um, And so he has to defeat them one by one until he learns lessons along the way and learns to uh, be comfortable in his own skin and yeah stand up for what's right and you know like we said be honest with other people right and i think also ramona had to face those things as well because the whole movie she said she was just running from her past Mm -hmm. and so she kind of also had to face all this baggage as well through the movie which is interesting yeah it makes me wonder if each of these exes like for example if the if Gideon had to fight and defeat all the other exes, how that all works. Um, I feel like it's just Scott that has to do this. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of strange that... But it does make um, you wonder if, like, number seven had to fight number six, you know? Yeah. Thing. Uh-huh. Because and, if, that's, and so on. if that's true, then they weren't really, like, defeated permanently. Right. They just came back again later. But I think, I think it, yeah, I think the League was formed, like, after Gideon and... Well, uh, Gideon formed the League, it's... I think he? it says... He's like, I was in a bad place when I made the league anyways. Right. He like mentions a few things about it. Yeah, so he was probably an ex of Ramona and he went out and found all the other Because he had, and we didn't really talk about this, he had like the chip in her head, like he was controlling her. And right. so he probably made the league so that he could maintain control of Ramona so that no one else could be with her, you know? Yeah, because he, <clears throat> he didn't really pay her any mind, but she was infatuated by him. Right. And then when she got when she him. she left. When she got him, yeah, like he That's when he her. noticed. He started paying attention to her once she left. So he also was like pretty insecure mm. and he just basically wanted her to want him. Like he didn't really care about her. And so, yeah, he he kind of drug her along. Um, and But eventually she learned to let go of her past and confront it a little bit. And yeah, everybody was happy and... Everything's good in the end. Indeed. Okay. Is there any other loose ends? I might have one or two small things I wanted to mention as we're wrapping up. Yeah, go ahead. Um, One of my favorite scenes was when the song Teenage Dream is playing, and Scott had just broken up with Knives, I think, and he was going to be with Ramona. And so there's a shot of him being sad, and it's all, like, horizontally panning, and they're all stitched together. His face all sad on the bus, and then Knives being sad, and then Knives again, and then him being happy, and then Ramona's face, and then him being happy again. And they're all, like, stitched together, and it's that that's so good. I love that part. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. Yeah. Actually, now that you bring that up, I remembered a scene that didn't really work for me in the fact that I felt like the visual cues and animations on screen, while they usually 
added to the experience. I felt like this time they took away from it in that when Ramona left the first time, he was like down in the dumps and pretty sad. And there's a shot of him like banging his head against oh, a light yeah. pole. And it, it said thunk, thunk every time he hit right. his head. And I felt like that kind of took away from the emotion. I felt like the movie never really had a chance to settle into uh, maybe the the heavier aspects of it. And it, it decided to throw in some bits of comedy in that yeah, I agree. scene. Or I felt like it would have worked better had they just kind of let it soak in that uh, sadness for a little bit. Yeah, I'd have to agree with that. I think that scene probably could have done a lot more. Just giving it a little bit more rest, some more time, some more space mm-hmm. away from the comedy and always just having those visual effects. But I think for what they were going for, it, it worked okay because it was more of a comedy than yeah. anything darker. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's trying to suggest that Scott is just like he's crying over spilled milk maybe like it's not really that big of a deal but he's treating it like it is so it's kind of like humorous in a way i don't know um let us know what you think listeners what do you think about that scene what do you think about the movie are there any other things maybe that didn't work for you or things that worked for you that also worked for us (laughs) we don't care let us know get something we missed maybe you liked yeah but overall really enjoyed the movie so thanks for recommending it to me bro yeah Cool. I guess we can go right on ahead into our next segment, which is What's Entertaining You This Week? Like I said earlier, this week has been kind of slow movie watching wise for me. But last week, um, in between episodes, we watched Parasite and before the Oscars, which was like prime time to watch it. Um, and I watched this, and I'm almost finished with Bonnie and Clyde. Uh, that's the one I was telling you about. I wasn't going to reveal Ooh. what it was. What a good movie so far. I love it. It's Bonnie a classic. And Clyde, super good. And then I watched this and the audio commentary. Um, I would just have to plug, maybe you've seen this, I think it's on Netflix still, but if you could find it on Blu-ray, there's tons of bonus features if you're interested. Um, very good supplements. Yeah, aren't there like four commentaries? There are four commentaries, which is insane on this Blu-ray that we have. It's crazy. Um, what's been entertaining you? All right. Um, I mentioned Fast and Furious, been watching those. Oh yeah. Um, still kind of working on Scorsese movies, but I hit a brick wall because... (laughs) <laughs> New York, New York is not available to stream anywhere, so I had to. What a pain! I had to order the Blu-ray on Amazon, uh, so I'll be watching that this weekend and continuing with that. After that, will be Raging Bull, and uh, I've been watching some stuff on Netflix. Um, one of my favorite shows of all time, maybe the best show I've seen. At least it's extremely consistent. Um, is Peaky Blinders? Ah. I finally got around to watching season five. Um, and it was a bit of a disappointment, I thought. Um, season four had a crazy, amazing last two episodes. Hmm. Finale, just like huge twist, reveal kind of stuff that was just shocking and unbelievable. I love all the characters in that show, uh, except season five seemed like it dragged a little bit. I felt like they didn't really know where they were going to go, so they kind of just sat there, didn't progress very far. Um, but it's all about Tommy as a member of parliament and he's dealing with some political issues, different political parties that are uprising around this time in the very late twenties talks about the great depression and how that affected the family. Anyway, the show is, it's set in, yeah, it starts in 1919 in Birmingham and Killian Murphy, he played, uh, the scarecrow Mm -hmm. in the dark Knight series like Batman begins. He was the scarecrow. Um, he stars as Tommy Shelby. He's the leader of this like street gang in Birmingham. Uh, and him and his family are doing some criminal activity. They're gaining power. They're rising, um, growing their influence all over Britain. And so the show is just kind of like them having interfamily struggles, but also their 
outside gangs and um, just other people who want to see them fail. And it's very interesting and entertaining to watch Tommy and the gang um, see how they're going to get out of the next one. So I like it, this show. That's awesome. Very, I think it's a little bit underrated on Netflix. And so I would highly, highly recommend it. Yeah, you're definitely the only person I've pretty much ever heard talk about that. So <laughs> cool. Is that it for this week? It's about it. Yep. Um, right on. Been a good week. So what are we watching next week? All right. Next week, bro, I'm going to recommend you one of my favorite Christopher Nolan movies, one of my favorite magician movies called The Prestige. All right. And we'll also cover some other uh, Christopher Nolan films. He's had quite an extensive filmography. In fact, I have not seen one Christopher Nolan movie that I didn't like. I think he's been batting 100, like... (laughs) This whole time, or batting a thousand, whatever. I don't know a lot of baseball, but he's yeah, he's a pretty consistently great filmmaker, and I'll be excited to talk about those movies with you, especially awesome. the Prestige. Yeah, I mean, I've kind of seen the Prestige as a kid. It was maybe in front of my eyes, but I haven't actually watched it, so I'm excited to see that. That's kind of a hole in my yeah Christopher Nolan experience. It's one that deserves a viewing, and yeah. It might even deserve two viewings because, like most Christopher Nolan movies, there is a big reveal twist at the end. So, Sweet. Stay tuned for that. Stay tuned next week, and you can find us on... Letterboxd. Letterboxd. Yes. I am at EverettClark236, or you can just search my name, Everett Clark. That's one R, two Ts. Yeah, you can find me on Letterboxd at BarnClark. Barn as in the animal building <laughs> or just baron clark go over to the members tab search search our names and we're most active on there compared to any other social media um yeah like we said earlier drop a review and your feedback um check out our website and yeah stay tuned for next oh, week yeah. cool now we can move on to our final little segment which we call connect for ah uh, yes should have done this a little bit earlier, but probably. That's okay. <laughs> but this is a little ditty that we call Connect Four, where we take this movie, uh, the chosen movie of the week, and we try and find a connection in which four other movies share um, that aspect. Yeah. So a Connect Four that I found was the Poison Chalice Switcheroo trope. Okay. So we mentioned with the vegan guy, number three, mm-hmm. Evil X, Scott adds half and half to one of the cups of coffee, and then he's kind of like switching them, and like, which one is he going to drink? And then he, he's like, oh, obviously it's that one, and then the vegan guy takes it and drinks it, and he's then he loses his power because it had half and half. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of a classic trope in lots of TV and movies, and mainly a lot of people know... The one from The Princess Bride. It's a classic scene. So great. Mm-hmm. I'm not even going to try and quote it because it's just... <laughs> Wallace Shawn. Yeah. Very unique, funny guy. The inconceivable guy. Um, and then apparently this happens in Sherlock Jr. by Buster Keaton in some sort of fashion. Um, I've been meaning to get around to that, so I'll probably have to watch that and look for that in that movie. And then The Emperor's New Groove. There's like some switcheroo with the poison kind of thing and then mm. something similar in Shrek 2 so it's pretty prevalent um, right. among lots of movies I'm sure there's many more examples but uh, yeah yeah what was your connect good for? one cool well I connected for with the topic of unorthodox musicals nice so to explain Scott Pilgrim versus the world I feel like is a bit of a musical it's just not what you would typically expect or think of when you think of musicals um there's a lot of um, songs in the movie, but my main criterion was that they had to be sung by the characters of the movie. It can't be like a background right. soundtrack. had to be sung by the characters. And it had to be prevalent enough in the movie that it was like a common thing. Um, so School of Rock, I felt like, mm-hmm. was a really good example of that with Jack Black and all those kids singing their rock songs. It also ties in... This movie's about rock and roll music. So is that one. Also, Alvin and the Chipmunks. <laughs> kind of a silly, maybe not the best uh, movie, but it's good for kids, and I kind of enjoyed it uh, when I was so, younger. It's a fun one. 
But that the chipmunks obviously sing a lot of songs in their little high pitched squeaky voices. Alvin. <laughs> um, I think Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Ooh. It might not be what you'd typically expect, or like I said, you might not come first to your mind when you think of musicals. But maybe some people would consider it a musical. Um, I think it, it definitely qualifies. Um, there are lots of songs. They are sung by the characters. Uh, mm-hmm. Cheer up, Charlie. Maybe not the most Me. enjoyable moment of the film. Ooh, ooh. But there is a scene where Willy Wonka himself sings a song in the big candy room. And I think that uh, is... It, it happens enough in the movie that it counts. And then I found... Uh, I thought Anchorman qualified. Huh. Uh, there's a scene where they're singing Afternoon Delight. And all the characters are pitching in. And it's this... It's kind of a longer scene, but it, it's a very funny, clever joke. Huh. Um, so, yeah, that was nice. a little bit of an unorthodox musical. Maybe Anchorman doesn't qualify so much as the other ones, but I yeah, felt it's a like, stretch. I felt on, like it, deserved, <laughs> it deserved a mention. So Nice Connect 4. Sweet. Next time we'll try and put that in with the show, but... <laughs> yeah. It's the new um, segment. For sure. But anyway, like we said, follow us on the Letterboxd. And we'll see you next week. Peace out, bro. Bye, bro. Okay, let's start with Launchpad McQuack. Uh, that's not the actual title of this. We are Inseparable. One, two, three, four. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Lemonade the stasis. Mama, mama, serpentine. I got a breath for Liza.